Yeah, so the way I'll approach talking about the plot to the show is that there's the macro plot and then there's the micro plot with our characters. So the macro plot is pretty interesting. It's the year 2201, so 2201. Just like The Expanse, Interstellar, The 100, Blade Runner 2049, Raised by Wolves, After Earth, Wally, humans have gone and fucked up the planet. Earth is dead or dying. And the only remedy that they have, if you've ever read Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the <laughs> Galaxy, you build a giant computer. You build a big AI to capable of self-learning, yes, and have it compute and solve all our problems. But research and development can't just happen on Earth, of course, especially since the Earth is already mostly dead. So what do we do with this tech? Because we don't want it falling into the wrong hands. What if it gets destroyed? We just can't have that. So what do we do? We send it isolated to the moon. So us dum-dums here can't mess with things, you know? Wait, wait, wait. So so these people build a computer to try and save the world. On the moon. On the moon. And the computer is able to terraform a pretty substantial portion where people can live, right? Mm -hmm. And then it starts running Sims. And like so, a simulation on how to save the Earth? Yeah. Do you remember The City of Ember, that book? Yeah. Okay. And how that took place, like a small community that ended up living underground. Yeah. And then after a few generations, the people didn't even remember what it was like to live on, on the top of the Earth. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then their cultures changed and their norms, their behaviors, their jobs, everything about them was a little bit different based on the environment they lived in. Same thing here. About 100 years goes by with this computer working on solving the issues of humanity with all these people up there. And they start acting a little different. By 2201, there's a little bit of xenophobia going on between the Earth and also the Mooners. So it's the Earthers and the Mooners, right? Yeah. And there's this tension that's developing just as this bridge that's supposed to connect the two and solve all the problems is about to happen. Like that's literally weeks away. And the mission to Moonhaven is what it's referring to when it's saying that like those Mooners who have lived such a great life now are going to come down to Earth and teach the Earthers how to play nice. Hmm, okay. Okay. But they're and, not they're not a different species. They're still humans. Yeah, it's only been a hundred years, but life on the moon is really harmonious. It's peaceful, loving, everyone is wearing like tie-dye tunic type clothing. Uh, it's oh, like a commune yeah. of hippies. You see a lot of people like kids running through the grass and it's just a big old forest. The technology is all with wood. Uh, the police are like big teddy bears and everyone chants and dances all the time. That's very much like Raised by Wolves. In fact, I remember when we were doing the podcast for that, the first thing you said was, do you remember what it was like to colonize Mars? And here they basically colonized the moon. And it is comparable to Raised by Wolves in other aspects, but we'll talk about those later. The positivity of this structure that they've developed up there is what they want to send to Earth, right? Mm -hmm. That's the macro part of it. And uh, so now we can deal with the micro. Bella Sway, that's the name of the main character. She's a pilot. She's feisty. She has an edge. She's haunted by the fact that her mom abandoned her to go join the moon colony and that she has uh, been in the military and dealt with a lot of tragedy. She ended up killing 72 people. And she's now a smuggler sent as a pilot to go pick up this drug on the moon and bring it back. You know, that reminds me a lot of that movie Elysium. Why? Like the smuggling part where they're trying to get people into Elysium and they like they have hired that one person. Well, she's not a coyote. She's not like trying to bring in 
no one has to sneak into the moon or to the earth because pretty soon they'll be able to just join each other. Right. Like right. That, that, that's what the bridge is going to do. So she's thinking that she's just going to like truck her ship up there and then grab this drug, come back. And then she's surprised to find out, though, that it's not a solo trip, that she'll actually be flying a very important political figure to the moon. So you know how I talked about this giant computer? Its name is Io, and it has an envoy, basically someone who comes and talks to the computer and gives it information. Is and it then, like TARS from... Uh, from we haven't seen the computer. Oh, okay. It's, but assume it's huge. Right. Assume it's massive. It controls the entire population on the moon, <laughs> and it's going to control all the population on Earth as well. But... So this envoy is in a very powerful position. She's the one who has direct contact with this thing and makes sure that it is not infected with anything, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So Indra Mare, that's the name of her character, she's going up to the Mooners to talk to them right before this bridge is about to open up, to talk to their council, make sure everything's copacetic. And then her bodyguard is also there with her. Her bodyguard's name is Tom, Joe Manganiello. He's from everything. Yeah. I'm at your mother. <laughs> uh, he's married to Sofia Vergara. He was in the movie Rampage. No activity. I mean, yeah, just, just everything. Yeah, and he's a funny dude. And here he's a nice guy. He's just talking to Bella, and he knows a lot about the Mooners' traditions, and he's kind of just, like, teaching her stuff, <laughs> and she doesn't like that because she's just, like... Leave me alone, <laughs> you know? So then they get all the way to the moon. It's a really quick trip. And once they land, they land in the middle of this water. And uh, Tom and Indra dispatch, leaving Bella to, uh, she just wants to wait on her ship, just w hang out there. And this bird comes by and it drops off the drugs. Basically, it becomes, it's a fake bird. It falls into the ocean. Is it like a drone? Sort of. And then she it becomes something else. And then she opens up uh, this like egg and then pulls out the drugs. It's weird. Um, yeah, but then the cops show up. But the cops aren't the same as they are here. I've already mentioned they're kind of like teddy bears. They don't carry guns. They don't really intimidate at all. They, they, they're there. They tell her four things. They bring her to the cop place, whatever it's called. It's not a precinct. And they say, A, one, her mom died 10 years ago. These cops are named Paul and Arlo, by the way. Okay. Her sister, number two, whose name is Chill, was murdered yesterday. Number three, the killer, they already know. His name is Strago, and he was the boyfriend of Chill. And number four, they would like to help her grieve. And she's like, what are you doing? What do, what, what do cops have to do with grieving? And then they start dancing in front of her. And so, like, these people are really, really, really about, you, like, your soul, your heart, uh, everything, like, having an importance in how you feel. They even have these pills that make you feel better about terrible things that happen, like PTSD um, destroyers or something, I guess. Uh, it reminds me of um, of Ecstasy from Route 66. Yeah, but drug. only the cops can give them out, and they actually seem like they're pretty responsible with their usage. And I don't think there's any lingering side effects besides the fact that your most horrible memories are turned kind of mm. into giggly memories. Uh, so Paul can realize something is still off, so he takes Bella around. I'm skipping a little bit here, but he takes her around the colony, and eventually they go to the scene of the crime where they run because originally when paul and arlo found the body all they had to do was point their little uh register at it their device and it told them who killed her and what happened and because everybody is implanted at birth on the moon with a little back tracer that records everything about their lives so like that's the way the computer controls Very them. Very futuristic. But yeah. at the same time, everybody is humdory about it. Like, they don't care because it's not like the computer is using it to hurt them at all. It's just there to make sure that if anything ever happens, that they're able to catch the person. And they don't even do anything too bad to them. They just make them fall asleep and then, like, hang them out in the in the weird precinct that but they have. But if this computer gets hacked or something, like, it seems like they're fucked. Yeah, 
that's kind of brought up later on. So, but Paul and uh, Bella are just hanging out at the crime scene and they see this little girl and there's just this chance that she might've been a witness that no one knew about. And she runs off into the forest and Bella goes chasing with the dog Albus. And they both find this like a uh, fence where that's basically the limitation to where the moon has been uh, terraformed. So you're not supposed to go past that fence. The girl dodges under it. Bella dodges under it. Albus dodges under it. But Paul's like, hell no. <laughs> so I was say, that, soon, fence, that fence doesn't seem very stable. If three people are able to just go over it. Well, I think it's like a secret path that no one knew about. And then so they get she gets out on the other side. And for like the first few feet, everything's OK. But then it's like the oxygen level starts going away. Gravity starts becoming an issue surprisingly heat doesn't like start burning her to death or anything but at the same time she like loses consciousness pretty quickly in front of this tree where this kid is just seeming to hang out and doesn't have a problem and then they have to find her and albus and bring them back and she wakes up at paul's place and that's where we find out that paul's situation his family life is kind of complicated because the way that the mooners work is not the way the earthers work when they have a baby uh, when someone has a baby, they give it up immediately. You oh, raise really? other people's kids and they raise yours so that you feel like connected to everybody. And so like it reminded me of the expanse with Holden's backstory about how Earth worked there where they, he had like 15 moms or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it, it's just interesting. So they just thought that that it's it's kind of like a commune again uh, in that way. It's, too. It's, it's just such a weird thought. And they also eat these weird gummies for food, but I guess it tastes good to them. So Bella is like, I'm sick of this place. I'm done with this there's nothing else to talk about yeah there's the question about who killed chill and why and but then she does ends up going back to her ship and who's there but strago who we've seen take out his little implant so they can't track him and he's a stowaway on the ship and she's like you hang out here for a second i'm gonna go up and then she goes up to the top level of her ship there's tom waiting and just being as happy as ever but then strago follows her and tom and says to tom it's been done and Tom shoots him in the face and then looks at Bella and is like, I wish you hadn't heard that. Grabs her, starts to try to kill her. She has a big struggle. She gouges his eye out. He's still fighting. He's going to kill her. <laughs> she grabs she grabs that drug that she was, was right, supposed that to she smuggle. Smuggling, yeah. And she snaps it into his throat. And he overdoses immediately. And so Did then she die? runs out. She runs out thinking that he's dead. She runs out of the ship. And Paul's there being like, I, I felt something was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and he like knocks her out. But in a good way, like, I'm just going to take you back to the precinct and see what's going but why on. Why does he knock her out? Because, I mean, was she that's, that's basically what the cops can do there. They don't have guns, but they can put you to sleep if you're like acting weird. So then he, when she wakes up the next day, this is the next episode. Um, she thinks that Tom is dead. She th knows that Strago is dead. And Paul kind of has stuck her in the middle of this privacy hut in the middle of the ocean with no boat. So she can't go anywhere. But then he comes to visit her and she explains she lies to him because she's not she's not comfortable saying that she killed Tom. Right. What she instead says is that Strago and Tom killed each other, like in a little shootout, oh, okay. you know, and that he injected Tom and that he must have been the smuggler. Everybody's kind of questioning what the story is. We find out that Tom actually isn't dead. He survived the overdose. He's not awake yet. I was going to say he's kind of a big name to just kill yeah, off the first Yeah, but that episode. wouldn't be surprising. They've done that before yeah. in TV shows uh, and movies. Do you remember Stranger Things when Will is found in the Upside Down and he's being held by like a tree and he's kind of just asleep yes, in the tree? Yeah. And uh, that's kind of how their technology is on the moon. That's how they're keeping him alive um, <laughs> or recovering from his overdose. He's wrapped up in this big tree. Everything is like a biosynthetic thing. They all have wood. It doesn't make much sense because the moon does have metal. And at one point, 
uh, I want to call him Charlie, but his name is Paul because he's played by Dominic uh, Monahan. Monahan, yeah. But Paul's character says that they only have wood and that the wood is able to do a lot of like iPhone type <laughs> things, which we do see, but it's weird that they just don't have metal there. Probably because they're trying to make this difference between the earth, which is so industrialized right. and all dirty and stuff, and while this place is supposed to be like a moon haven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Bella's fudge story kind of comes up and blows up in her face because she tries to escape the privacy hut by swimming to another privacy hut so far away, grabbing their boat um, and stealing that and coming into the inland where there's a bunch of chanters and they kind of surround her and they're like, we have to, we, we can't let you go. Right. And so then she wakes up again um, <laughs> and uh, Paul has looked through her belongings. He's looked through her memories, so he knows her military past and what she's been through. He feels like her soul has been darkened and that that he can help her. But at this point, he knows she's also the smuggler, so he has to bring her in front of the Moon Council. And the Moon Council, they publicize all their trials because there's not a lot of murders that this happen or anything. This, this sounds exactly like Foundation. It is a little bit like Foundation, especially the bridge part, because the bridge, but, but there's no royalty. There's no, foundation takes place a lot more planets. There's a bigger budget. Yeah, but when you're talking about, when you're talking about kind of the council and how uh-huh. it's televised and everything. Yeah, but they're not an evil council. Like everybody's seeing crisscross applesauce on the ground and they're kind of <laughs> just talking about their feelings and what we should do. She wants to go home. She doesn't even want to be there. She's like, just get me out of your hair. And they're prone to agree. They're like, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll just send you back. We don't really care too much about this. But then Paul's like, no, we're responsible for her. Her mom did, uh, abandoned her. She's hurt and she's actually one of us so we should keep her how would we be showing that we can help the earth if we can't even help this one earther (laughs) so she begrudgingly has to stay there and so now she's against her will though. yeah but she's like i'm now one of your cult i guess and that's where we get a little bit of a break on her on her sister's murder case where i'm not going to talk about how they find this but he she gets a box a locked box from her sister she's able to open it it has a little pebble inside that has a projection of her sister, um, like R2-D2 style projection that appears with Chill's face and her like her just sitting there. Oh, OK. So, yeah. Yeah. And 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 she tells uh, whoever's listening, she's like, the bridge is a lie. It's a trap. And that's where they cut out. And it's like, OK, this conspiracy goes way bigger. We haven't talked at all about what's going on with Indra. She's kind of a secondary storyline, but she's the envoy. She meets with the council like she wanted to on the moon, but she's asking the main councilwoman to step down from her job because she wants to put someone else in her place. Oh, I was thinking it was so, so she, that she would so take there's over. A li- yeah, no, I don't think it's her, but maybe a stooge of hers or something. There's an Earth Council and there's a Moon Council, and there's obviously some tension going on, even with the bridge supposed to help things. And uh, the, the envoy, she also has told the councilwoman that she's afraid for what would happen to Io once he's introduced to the evil that earth inhabits like that there's a lot more uh problems on earth than there are on the moon and that maybe the computer could become more infected and become more of a uh what was the evil robot in the marvel universe or skynet like it might incorporate enough evilness into it to think that it must evaporate humanity or something worse right yeah because that would be like my number one concern it always seems like ai is just going to at some point just be like come sentient basically yeah so it feels like they're trying to get in in front of that from happening and but because her bodyguard was part of this like chill murder because he seemed to be in connection with strago when tom kills him Mm -hmm. right she probably has some connection with that too which means she might not be on the level either 
So that's the remaining question. I would total give these two episodes a solid seven. It's definitely intriguing. I'm curious. I'm not sold. I would compare it mostly to the feeling I got after watching the first couple episodes of Outer Range. Outer Range. Because okay. Outer Range was also like this very interesting plot. There's a lot of theories running around. There's a lot of characters to keep note of. Uh, there's, there's like the big plot and the small plot. However, like... It, it could also just fall on its face. It could just become super convoluted. So seven with with a desire to see it, but maybe not immediate. Well, okay, so I, I'm going to bring it back to kind of foundation. You finished foundation, right? Like you watched the full first season? I did watch the first full season. And and do you remember what you said about it after you did the podcast for it? Uh, was I only did the podcast after seeing the first episode. You'd seen the first two episodes, but you said you weren't really sure where it was going, and then you didn't even give it like a rating. You were like, I guess kind of need to see the rest of the show. So what do you think of the full first season of Foundation? Well, the first full season of Foundation, it's been a while since I saw it. Remember how the pilot dealt so much with the main girl? Yeah. It ended up veering away from that a lot and kind of doing different storylines from different places. Um, what's his face? The king plays multiple different versions of himself over time. It is confusing much. I think even more confusing than this show. This show I could wrap my mind around. And when I say it could get convoluted, I mean like the story could get some leaps in logic. Like why would he choose to do that right. as a character versus foundation where there was multiple like weird stuff going on, like a thing to overthrow the monarchy. The bridge did get destroyed, but then there was that weird sphere in that one planet. And yeah, it's, the, the, it's crazy. The reason I bring up foundation is because every single review, whether they like this show or not, has said this is foundation just with less of a budget. Yeah, it's foundation. But as I was pointing out throughout this whole thing, it reminded me of so many sci-fi shows. It's borrowing for by the end of it, I was like, how could it not be based on some source material? Yeah, well, it, it isn't, but that it isn't. No, it isn't. Yeah. But then I was like, well, then are they borrowing just everything that they're using? Like it's it, it is impressive if it's not based on any source material. I don't think it is. But Peter Oko, he's the creator of this show. He's the writer producer. He does a lot of these type of shows. He's done Lodge 49. Yeah. He um he did some work on Black Sails, Pushing Daisies, even wrote one episode of The Office. He's been, for example, he's been working on Bella Sway's character for mm -hmm. the past five years. So, like, when Emma McDonald finally was cast in the role, she really wanted to do justice to it. She was doing all her own stunts. She said that she did a lot of, like, running as well. Yeah. And um, there's also a lot of clear messaging behind this which i can feel is modern like the right thing about the police and how they act more like psychiatrists that feels very much over the last couple years rather than if it had existed if this this had been source material from like 30 years ago it would have been very surprising yeah well i know that also a lot of people were always asking the cast could you take some of the problems that the world is facing today obviously probably most notably climate change and use what they were using in this show as any type of solution it does mention climate change and that's a big part of why the earth is dying but i think it's also other stuff like the wars that they were talking about and stuff it just seems like humanity is facing a, a culmination of issues that have just overwhelmed the populace and made it impossible to live there uh yeah so it is weird you have have this like utopia in the sky just waiting to come down and help it feels kind of like when missionaries would like try to come over and push their <laughs> yeah. message on people and you don't know if they're gonna if people are gonna embrace it they're even running ads on the earth talking about how the mooners are coming to save everybody but that they're going to have to play their part too and it, a change with it and you know that earthers aren't gonna like yeah. be cool with that 
So I what what's going on with the bridge though is I think that it's pretty clear that something catastrophic is going to happen, which is really going to fracture these two factions to a point where they can't mend things and maybe even create some form of war between the two of them. Because throughout the episodes, something that I really liked was that they kept on mentioning in the councils, like we are them and they are us. That's what the earthers would say to kind of remind themselves that they shouldn't be speaking about the moon people as like others. Right. But the mooners refer to it as they are us and we are them. The reverse mm. of that saying, both meaning the same thing, but both being different, which I liked. It, it just worked together. And yeah, Paul's character, I think, says the second one where I was like, whoa, that's just a little bit different. Yeah, well, talking about Paul, Dominic Monaghan, the person who plays him, met with Peter Oko over Zoom the first time. So it was over COVID. <laughs> yeah, they, they did shoot this during COVID. Wow, um, Yeah, that's also impressive. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it also was part of AMC Plus's um, structured series. It's basically something that they do where they didn't even, like, do a test pilot for this thing. Uh, AMC Plus has done it for things like Kevin fuck himself and uh 61st street mm -hmm. where basically they just open up a writer's room yeah and they work on multiple episodes at a time so like all six episodes that this series has they so there's they no risk of like something not connecting yeah basically it, it's just like they work on the whole series at one time they shot it in ireland however there isn't much on this show in terms of like uh production because there's not even like a wikipedia page for this thing that's really interesting so that we're jumping in early but like the world building that they do is pretty intense like the future tech and the future language that you see in other shows especially the expanse where people talk a little bit different based on where they're from whether they're from the belt or whether they're on earth or mars there's a whole nother language that they're speaking on the moon they have things like noggin swirl which is supposed to mean like your head is confused you know noggin mm -hmm. swirl uh grats like instead of like grazi or something <laughs> good sleep uh scrin jig tear taste my thinks soul twist like all these words that just kind of like you can make out what their meaning is right. but they say them all the time and the world building the world building in this show has gotten praise yeah that's like also, the one like thing. the future tech is really cool like the thing that show got killed over in the first scene was that she was running through the woods with this flower device that clearly had some significance and her boyfriend was chasing her and trying to grab it from her and then she's able to get it back and then it kind of pans out from there but then there's also tree healing like i talked about the wood shape stuff that like it changes in your hand the the devices that mm -hmm. they're able to use to get information pills that make you remember all the sad things and happy things sleep control being able to put people to sleep when they need to and then being monitored all the time that's very futuristic as well i know that you said that you would give both episodes a seven but was one better? no i was saying that i would give the series right now a seven was one better than the other um the first episode set up a lot more but it wasn't like i felt that episode two gave a big drop off people said people said that the first episode was better it was more intriguing kind of like you were talking about and that the second episode it kind of started to drag a little bit mm. i mean i was i was following what was going on the the main dislike stuff Clearly, the CGI was they were trying to kind of keep it under wraps. Like whenever they used it, <laughs> like trying to show they didn't have as much of a budget. Clearly, because like it was darker scenes with the ship interior or when they showed Earth very like literally seconds worth of Earth. Um, they used the beautiful locations for the moon setting mm -hmm. and like they didn't need CGI for that. They reminds me a little a really bit nice of field. reminds me a little bit of Pandora. Hmm, no, Pandora that. was no. You're. I'm comparing like CGI. This would have been groundbreaking ten years ago, but now it just looks like kind of mid tier compared to everything else. Foundation just had an enormous budget, well, from so it's able to push it further than this was. From what I heard, this show does like is supposed to have kind of tacky humor to it. It's not the tacky humor that slows it down. Paul's storyline kind of slows it down. His character arc of like. 
it's all about his family and about how he's losing his wife to this guy named Fritz the Fireman um, because, like, they're allowed to be co-couples mm-hmm. in this world where, like, everybody's allowed, like, their marriages aren't right. the same. They're just open, I guess. So he feels like he's losing her and that really dragged the show. I mean, it didn't, it didn't add anything to the plot that I was really caring about too much. So that would be the one. Also, it is cool that like the ritualistic religious order that usually represents the rejectors of technology are also the embracers of it, the people who are pushing it forward mm-hmm, in this yeah. instance. But at the same time, it, it it's weird to me. Why would these people who have a computer controlling everything think that their souls are the thing that are guiding them right now it, it's weird the show has a 67 percent on Rotten tomatoes but mm-hmm. there's a big division between Rotten tomatoes and imdb it has a four on imdb how many reviews only a couple hundred of reviews don't trust but it. it seems like viewers are just kind of fed up with it like they say that it's very slow moving and it's just a slow burn and they, there's, there's only been two episodes released right i watched them both and they were fine Especially the end of episode one, it kind of kicked it up to a better gear. People did say that episode one, like, it got them intrigued. That's why they watched episode two. And there's a lot of questions remaining. Like, why was Chill murdered? What will happen to Tom when he wakes up? Or what will happen when Tom wakes up? Will Bella and Paul have time to stop or want to stop the bridge from happening? Mm-hmm. How far up does the conspiracy go? Uh, is the IO computer evil right now? Is the Envoy evil right now? If the IO computer does become evil, does that lead to like a second season where like suddenly it's the Mooners versus the IO computer? There were four episodes given to critics and Polygon was even talking about like it seems that the way that the show is going right now, even when it gets its finale, there's going to be a lot more questions than answers. Oh, so it's going to be, like, lost. Yeah, but again, they haven't seen the finale yet. That's just what they're guessing. In terms of the critics, it's just been, like, kind of varying degrees. For example, RogerEber.com started talking about the amount of uh, space shows that have come out in the last year. Yes. So, so like, things we've already talked about, The Expanse, For All Mankind, Foundation. Hey, you don't jump into this type of show unless you're already sort of a fan of the sci-fi universe. Yeah, I mean, they gave it kind of a negative review. They called it cheap and just kind of, like, basic cable storytelling. However, you have things like IndieWire that said that Moonhaven is one of the most exciting new sci-fi stories in years. Again, I think the characters are fine. I think Paul's backstory is kind of problematic, but like Arlo, we haven't seen much of him, but he just kind of stupid funny. Um, Bella, there's nothing wrong with her. Yeah, I, I don't mind. Usually when I want to trash a show for, for being like bad sci-fi, it's because like I can't put myself in their show, like headspace mm-hmm. and in this I, I sort of can i know that joe manginello found his role easy to play because based off of other characters he's played such as like navy seals and soldiers and a bully and spider-man <laughs> yeah basically he said that um playing a bodyguard he could kind of draw upon those past experiences that he's used good for him yeah he plays the tough guy all the time and stuff um the only prediction that i would have is that uh it seems as if the uh, envoy uh, indra she's the one who is pushing the whole message of we are them, they are us, we can't forget that. But she's also the one who's also pushing out the councilwoman from uh, the moon and she's the one in charge of the bridge and has that direct connection with the computer. And in a way, because she was saying we are them, they are us and defending the moon and the Earth's relationship, it's almost like the lady doth protest too much, methinks. It's kind of like she is the main defender of this bridge. Maybe she's the one who actually wants it to succeed the least. Mm. 
Yeah, but w when you say the bridge, like, is it actually just going to be a bridge? It's like, people some put on spacesuits? Well, <laughs> a lot of the volunteers from the moon are going to come down to Earth and help them. So it's some way in which they can do that that's not just flying a ship. I think it's there's literally a path in which they can take it. Now, I don't know if it's, like, foundation where there's a linked physical form that just, like, you can take an elevator up back and forth because <laughs> yeah. that's the way it was there. But uh, it definitely does connect the two. I just have one more quote here. It was from The Hollywood Reporter. They said, Moonhaven is more a vibe than an adventure. <laughs> Do you know what they can mean by that? Because I didn't really understand. Well, it takes place so far in the future that, uh, like, I would... If this said it was, like, 50 years from now, I'd probably be really upset because I'd be like, there's all these faults with how this could even happen. But, like, the fact that it's so far... It, it gives me the benefit they of can, They can make their own story, basically. Yeah, so it's more about how you feel about it. So that, that's what I guess I would take from that quote. I, I don't know, all 100%. Right. Yeah. That's about all I have, though. Well, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.